Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Uh, today is a very interesting opportunity for us to truly be honest and upfront with one another. And I'm in hopes that uh, the majority of those who normally call in will call in so that we can uh just have a true, honest conversation with each other. I sent out a video that I found appalling, and I'm not sure that everybody was able to. I sent it out so late, so I'm not sure everybody had an opportunity to view it. Uh, but I'm going to try to describe uh, the two videos that I sent out, and uh, then I want to have an honest conversation related to those videos. Um, the first video I sent out was a video with two professionally looking black females who ran into a problem related to a hotel reservation. And then once they got to the general manager, the general manager was obviously a white female who had some extreme biases related to African-Americans. 
and she really just showed her true colors as she called uh, the two females fools, called them ir- 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 excuse me, arrogant, ignorant, ignorant, and um, just uh, berated them throughout the conversation they were trying to have with her. And they were trying to explain the unacceptability of the hotel room that they were given and in the hopes that this woman would give them a better room and they would be on their way. Uh, But the manager said to them, you need to be lucky you got a room uh, because there were no rooms available and you did not have a reservation. But clearly the ladies had a reservation, but this woman was determined uh, to chastise them in a way that related to their ethnicity. And um, the other video was a video uh, about a young lady who clearly may not have fully understood the nature of the N-word and she used it in a uh, text uh, tweeting, and she was reprimanded and thrown out of her sorority, and the sorority was thrown off campus. And today I want to have an honest conversation about the word and who we are related to us being American. And what I mean by that, Are we Americans first, or are we Africans first? Are we representing humanity first, or do we represent a culture that refuses to to allow anyone to use the N-word against us? And so, though I'm talking first, and I'm going to share my thoughts with you, uh, I don't want you to be influenced by my thoughts. I want your real, honest opinion about where you believe you are at this time. I believe that we are going backwards as a nation when it comes to respecting people of color. Uh, there was a time in my life when I just um, went around believing that Though I knew there was racism, I didn't believe it was at a level that would deny me my opportunity to have a good life. So I went to college thinking that I need to to better myself, educate myself, so I can take advantage of the opportunities that are going to be come before me and that there won't be there is no level of racism that is going to deny me my opportunity to have a good life. I have been over the years very proud of who I am as an African American. And so even though I would like to live in a world where I'm an American first, I realize that I'm an African American first because that's what people see initially. And I don't wear I don't wear who I am as an African American in a way that I go around trying to 
display my uh, my who I am as a badge. I'm just being human. I like who I am. I like the color of my skin, but I don't wear my um, my race as trying to be different. I'm just trying to be James DeShay, who happens to be an African American. And in terms of the word, the N word, I had been learned. I have learned a long time ago. I was taught and trained a long time ago that. I need to be very careful about where and when I use that word so not to make those who shouldn't use it feel comfortable with it. And so my father always uh, reprimanded me for using that term in mixed company because he would say, now, if they use it, then you're going to want to fight. So obviously we've gotten to the point where white America is purchasing black music and black music is commonly using the N-word in certain segments of entertainment. And there's a conflict about whether or not they should be able to use it and how we should respond to it. I have to tell you, as a citizen of America, I don't want to strike out at anyone as a first as a first response. And I want to believe that a word in and of itself cannot pull anger or hatred from my spirit. I think it is best for me as a person to always be fully in control of my behavior and being lashing out at people and wanting to hurt somebody is not a way to respond to a word. Now, I was listening to one of the judges, and they say that in certain areas or certain judges, view that word as a fight word and they're more uh, willing uh, to accommodate or understand the person who lashed out in anger when that word was used against them. I don't know how true that is or not. But it has always been my thought that the only thing that physical violence should be used against is people against people who put their hands on me inappropriately. And so I've never in as an adult as I remember it now been involved in any physical confrontation because nobody has physically touched me in a way that I thought was inappropriate. So as I live today, I don't use violence as a means of dealing with the world that I live in. And I don't believe that a person's ignorance and that and the words that they use or might use against me will create a violent um outburst in me. In that um video, the first video, 
these women women videotaped this woman using those using some serious hatred against them, and then she was fired as a result. And I would like to think that would be the way that I would respond to somebody treating me inappropriately in a public forum is to find a way to bring that to their superiors so their superiors can effectively handle their business. I don't need to handle it by acting in a ignorant fashion. You know, um, it was I once heard that if you're arguing with someone who is unintelligent, how do, how do people determine who's the intelligent one? You don't argue with people who certainly are, are not don't have the ability to recognize that we are all human. So today I just want to talk about how do we deal with what seems to be a moving backwards related to race relations, and how do we deal with, how do we on a personal level handle when people get out of hand in a verbal manner? I'm going to come to you first, uh, Cheryl. What You know, most of the time, Cheryl, I don't have to deal with that, but when I see videos, it, it, uh, it, 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 it brings to my attention, well, James, how are you going to respond when you find yourself in these kind of situations? Good evening, and how is everyone doing this evening? Um, as you were speaking, and I was thinking about how I relate to myself as who, as who I am, you know, I'm so tempted when they ask that question on so many applications and um, different things that we fill out, I am first human. And I look at myself as being human. And as a human being, I happen to be in among those that are of the race of black or African American. Um, but that's how I want to be recognized as a human being. And with that being said, a human being who wants to be respected. So I make it a point to respect those around me, even if I find that they are slipping and the words that they use when they're around me. And I also find that they immediately say, I'm sorry, or excuse me, because they can see the demeanor of who I am and what I'm representing. And how do I um, deal with the N-word that's being thrown so casually around, I don't really find myself in the company of those individuals that use the words 
so loosely. Um, yes, if I ever ran into a situation where a person, you know, find themselves wanting to argue with me and using the word, I'm one so to diffuse any situation because, first of all, as a human, I'm calm. I don't give you a reason to want to stand up and argue with me continuously once you see who I am. And just like you say it, you know, if you want to argue with me, then that's on you, but you'll never find me arguing with you. Because first of all, it shows who you are. And I have to continue to show and represent who I am at all times. You know, and it doesn't matter what the situation brings because, you know, if I let and if I allow somebody to take me out of character, that's definitely showing who I can be based upon my situation. So that's one thing that I, you know, that I find about myself is that I don't allow a person who find themselves wanting to argue or find themselves even, even if they felt like they wanted to degrade me because I feel that that, that is, their business, and their problem. I don't entertain them because it is not my problem, and it's definitely not who I am. So that's, I mean, it would take, I guess, an a, um, a awful lot, and I haven't ran up against that for you to actually get me going to a place where I don't go. Uh, to show you somebody who I really am not. Um, I feel bad that the word is used and that women embrace it and men throw it around as though, you know, that's who we are. And I really, you know, one of the things that I do pray about is that that can really change in individuals. Some people have grown up hearing it in that way. But if you said it in front of me, you definitely know that you have really stunned me. And like I said, the few people that have done it have always said, I'm sorry or excuse me. So that's how I feel about, um, you know, who I am. And and the N word as well. Uh, D, I'm, I want to ask you. Uh, you deal with the general public a lot. Uh, as a teacher, I have been uh, forced to deal with people who use the N word a lot. I would like to think of myself as a human being and live in this world as a human who happens to be African-American, and I wish I could be human first. Uh, But I do realize that when people see me, they're going to be on guard 
initially because of the color of my skin. And then they have to kind of get over that or allow their stereotypes and biases to rule. Uh, though I don't, I refuse to be disrespected by any other race, I'm not going to allow a race of people or an individual to make me angry. My book says we're supposed to be close to anger because anger very seldom gets you the positive results that you want. James and I. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, James. Uh, good evening, Ms. Cheryl, and uh, whomever else is on the line today. James, uh, I want, I, 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 briefly, i got to thank you for uh, bringing this message to the forefront because this is the whole fundamental uh, issues in a nutshell that we have to deal with if we want to fix what's going on with us. Uh, we know that uh, you know we have to interact with uh, white America on a regular, but still, the certain there are certain things that we need to fix within ourselves in order to uh, interact in a positive way, and and not and not react to everything. All right, I think I want to work backwards to what you're saying, and and then uh, then I think it's going to further uh, make my point. You know, when you look at the, the two ladies in the video. All right, and I did not see the video, but I think you described it thoroughly. Um, the way they went about their way of um, trying to correct a injustice that was done them, I think that was a noble way to do that. And you know, you've said numerous times how you think about yourself, and when you said that, you said. You consider yourself an African American first, and then you went on to say how I think about myself. I think there's a a, a, a huge connection right there. You know, we, uh, we as people have a tendency to look at things on the ground level, and I think that's a mistake uh, when we try to get the observe the, the total picture of things. I like to describe it as we have to we should try to look at it if we could at thirty thousand feet. That way we can see the whole board. Now let me lay the board out of what I'm talking about. All right, when we talk when we talk about African Americans being black, once being Negroes, and then before we were Negro we was colored, considered to be colored. All of that is a is a timeline of evolution for our culture. And so when we understand that, then that's where the growth and maturity comes into play, whereas we are in a better position as African-Americans to actually use more intellect in dealing with problems as, a, as opposed to brute force and anger. Hence, the two, I want to give you two examples. The examples are the ladies that you're talking about dealing with the hotel manager. And the couple that dealt with the uh, gas station uh, restaurant when it came down to the to the cold fried chicken, you see the two differences. So when we left the stage of being Negroes, 
Now, this is where the, the disconnect came in for me. When when Dr. King was killed, and I keep going back to this, and I think that's an exciting important. When Dr. King was killed, and we was in, we was at a bridge of going forward and finding a new identity and being accepted. We was we was on our way to being accepted. It was long in coming, but we was actually doing things in a way which was nonviolent, to where they had to respect that. All right. Now, then, when Dr. King was killed, our identity was in limbo. Hence, the Black Panther movement came in. Hence, Black Power took the forefront. Hence, we became Black people. And we was Black people for a long time. That's when the N-word kind of grabbed hope. Because when we were Black people, everything went. Everything Everything went. Everything goes, including you're going to respect me by any means necessary. So I don't have to act like nobody. I don't have to act like nobody that got good sense for some people in that in our culture because you're going to respect me regardless because I'm a black man and I can do what the hell I want to. All right. Now, when when we got past that point, and we have just really gotten past that point, say, in the late 90s, to where we we became comfortable in being African Americans, loving America first, and then or or however you wanna frame yourself, being African first and loving loving your culture, but you also love the country and what the country has done for you. Now, <laughs> the two scenarios in that is what you just said, being African American, and the and the protest that Colin Kaepernick chose to portray at said given time. Alright? The the difference between Colin Kaepernick and these two black women, they understand the two black women understand that living in the Donald Trump Donald Trump culture and the and the dog pussy has been blown to where if you're a white person and any position that you have on the playing field, if you can make people of color uncomfortable it's your job to do so. And as, as African-American, you understand that. It is what it is with that. You move forward. If you want to be smart, and I know they listen, if you want to be smart, then you take your cell phone, you hold mock scenarios to see what the reaction is going to be. Then you use your cell phone to get the justice that you're looking for. All right? Now, call them... Kaepernick has been a black man, and at the at the at the beginning of this scenario of the Donald Trump era, he did what he what he felt he had to do. Now we've all heard that I probably would not have, I probably would still stand for the for the, for the national anthem. That's my choice. However, I do deal with the public, and I never have a problem about it. Anybody, especially white America, because. Before, when they see me coming, and I heard Nate say this the other day, I intentionally put on a facade to let them know I'm not the person that you thought I was. So, what I'm, in essence, what I'm doing, I'm putting fire, I'm putting water on the fire before it get, it get a chance to even start burning. So, anybody that knows me, know that 
they see me as different. And we've all had, we've all, we've all said that before. But you know, when, when white people interact with you, you're not like I thought you were. You're right. That's right. And that's where you're always gonna see me. Now, but when we're dealing with you now, but when I see you, I can. I can view you the way I want to view you because I saw you put the sign in your yard when this man was elected. So now I know who you are, but I don't have to. I don't have to act out and treat you like like you think I would. I have a better intellect than that, and that's the evolution of the black man. Now he's African American with more intellect and know how to do things in a better fashion and way. And I hope that makes sense. Thank you. Uh, Joyce, um, as I come to you, I, I know that the, one of the most important things in the world to me is feeling confident in my intelligence and in my ability uh, to act with common sense and to determine when and where to do things. And I just don't think there is a good place to act silly or ignorant in order to get your way. You can be stern and you can be uh, strong, and but you don't have to, to act in a way that creates a violent atmosphere around your disagreement with how you've been treated or find yourself lashing out in a way that might even make the situation worse. So as you um, appreciate who you are as a person, how do you determine how you behave and go about interacting in a world that sometimes sees us uh, as unintelligent? Good afternoon, everyone. All I have to say, D, well said. Couldn't have put it any better. Cheryl, definitely. Right on cue. Presentation is everything. The way that you are perceived, you cannot help the way a person in some ways perceives you. But just like D said, it's all in your demeanor, how you present yourself, which means that they have no doubt in their mind as to how they're going to accept you as to what they see and how you perceive how you are perceived. I've always told my son it's the way that when you go into a store, your demeanor represents how you dress, how you look, how you carry yourself. So if there's two black boys in there and one is still there's no doubt in their mind, they know which one that, that did 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 the damage. So it's presentation as to how I don't believe that we're we're moving backwards. I don't think we move that much forward. It is just all in your environment as to where you are and the position as to what you hold and how you proceed. Those two young ladies, excellent. The judge, right on point. Because when you go into these universities, these sororities, is a certain type of, of presentation that is expected. So she was right on point when that young lady used the N-word has no business at that university as far as you had, you caused that sorority to be on probation. And she indicating that she's trying to, they're trying to get their status back. 
because the one person, and you're going to find some people who are going to try to test the system. So when they do do that, hopefully justice prevails, that uh, the, the judge made the right call, and the young lady, the, the, the white person who was over that sorority, that she stands up for what the system stands for as far as that sorority at that university. So I thought it was well-perceived, well-handled on both cases. The two young black ladies, they know how to position. Watch tit for tat. You don't put piss on the fire and go tit for tat. You use your, your, your intellect, intelligence as a black person, as a black, as, a, as the situation, and do what needs to be done. You, you go to management. Let management resolve the issue. And your phone nowadays is key. Your phone is what you need to do, just like Dee said. You let that phone, you put the phone, because in the end is that it's not your words that they're going to take too much uh, respect for anyway. Is that when you push that video on there, they have no other choice but to proceed and do the right thing. Thank you. It is uh, amazing to me, Reverend Smith, that there are people who somehow or another just have not made the leap uh, to this new world that we live in, and uh, they find themselves in positions where they uh, are unable to interact with African Americans because they perceive them a certain way. So no matter what, how that African American approaches them, they're on the defensive and ready to fight. And we, on the other hand, need to recognize that we don't have to fight to win, but we have to manipulate the system the way it has been built to be manipulated. Well, in our society, violence is not a solution uh, to most of the interactions we have with one another. Uh, but yet that seems to be where our young people quickly go to and then wonder why it didn't work. Good evening to everyone. Uh, kudos to all of the speakers, especially D today. Um, he's 100% on point. Getting anger is not going to is really not going to solve anything. We have too many avenues now to get supposedly get uh, justice for whatever. I would rather take my chance on getting justice through the system or with the system than to try to take my chance on getting justice through violence. Because remember, violence can go both ways. And so when we look at what the young ladies did, I'm telling you, it's not many sisters that I know, even now, especially at that age that they are, that would have actually conducted themselves in the way that they conducted themselves. I I mean, I, I, I really take my hat off to them. I really do. 
they were very professional, and you could tell that they were very well educated. Uh, some of these young folks don't really seem to understand that violence beget violence and that education is really, really important. Sometimes we get too overwrought with our education. Sometimes we get too overbearing with it. But education is tremendously important. And when we sling it around like it's something to beat someone upside the head with, that's when we as African Americans began to mess up. But I looked at those I looked at that video and I saw those two young ladies and I could not believe how composed those sisters were. I said, Go girl, go you know, I mean it was just it was just magnificent. Magnificent because they knew now, I couldn't understand the attitude. I did understand, no, I'm not going to say that. I did understand the attitude of the white lady. She seemingly became more angry when she realized that one of the black girls worked for corporate. That's where her rhetoric ramped up. It, 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 went, from, it went from a two to a 50 what what she who she thinks she is she's coming in here you know and that and but that those young ladies held their ground and that's what we've got to that's what Dr King was trying to tell us we can fight and and shoot and do all these things but we'll never gain any traction because we're we're going to be on wet ground and it's like a car if you're on ice. You can't gain any traction. But once you put something underneath that tire that can cause it to gain traction, like the salt that they put on the road, that's when you begin to move forward or backwards if you choose to, but you begin to move. And that is what these, these, these tapes are actually showing us about the young lady who wanted to get her money back because she felt like she was now she all of a sudden is feeling discriminated against or whatever. Uh, but that was her choice. She chose chose to make that say that word and she was suffered the consequences. Any of us would have suffered the consequences. So that's what white America does not understand that they have to they are in the same box that we're in, and now it's coming to fruition that they have to suffer the same fates that some of us suffered. And they don't understand that, and it's hard for them to accept within themselves. So I say to all of you and to all of this, it, it is wonderful to see us. When we have that knowledge, I'm not talking about you got to be the most educated person in the world, but at least get a high school education where you can talk and act uh, uh, amenable to the rest of the world. Be accountable for yourself. Our young people, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how hard it is in schools because I don't teach school anymore. So I just know that they don't, education don't seem to mean anything to them anymore. And that's sad. Back in your hands. It is. Yeah, it is amazing to me, and I'm going to Cheryl. Cheryl, it is amazing to me that this woman 
was relentless. This white lady, at no point did she say to herself, oh, wait, I need to back this up or slow this down uh, because these women are not behaving the way that that I thought they might. You know, so the tendency is if you use key words that these, these African Americans will go off and therefore you'll be um, you won't you'll be held um, in high esteem uh, because uh, they went off, you know, so off kilter. But never did she at any point recognize that she was the one that was going further and further off script and creating the problem while these ladies stayed in control. You know, just from what I'm hearing from everybody, I would have loved to see it. I don't know what happened. I didn't get the um, the video at all, so I wasn't able to see what everybody is talking about. But I would have very loved, you know, very much have loved to have seen it um, based on you know, just what um, Pastor Smith was just saying, which would have been, you know, a very good example, and not only for me, but for others too, because, you know, the things that I do get, I do share it with people, although, you know, we don't, um, they don't always, they don't call in, but I do share those things. So that's something that I would like to be able to um to get is that um, video journey and would have, you know, really loved to see it. Well, uh, Cheryl, let me just share this with you. Those ladies, there are certain words when you tell people that you try to convey to people that they're unintelligent and they are, they are not, they don't have the ability to, um, to, to work situations out without being, uh, becoming violent or or uh, behave stupidly. So what I'm just saying is this white lady used all the key terms to try to excite these black women, and they would not be excited, and that they just continued to film her in her ravish or, you know, in her unprofessional way. And um, just stay calm. And like um, Reverend Smith said, it, it, there are a lot of black women, both professional and unprofessional, who could not have taken that assault, verbal assault, without becoming ugly. And these women chose not to be ugly. Wow. Wow. And you know, and that's rare, very rare. But but beautiful, beautiful. If anybody, you know, to know that somebody and that there are individuals out there that can stand their own and not be moved by the words of others. Okay. And uh, Joyce. that is the kind of thing that we need to convey to all our young people 
is that mm-hmm. there are ways to behave in order to win in the end as long as you don't become out of control because they are trying to get you there. Yes. Exactly. I guess yes. but I guess the, all my my occupation and, and all my job function has been in customer service. And we have always been trained. You know, I guess I've had all the training in, in every uh, job capacity to to deal with people on different levels and different uh, type of um, uh, deliveries as to to how they how to handle that situation. Because uh, I guess uh, with the training that I've had and everything that I've done, that uh, you it, it's not surprising that women of color would be dealing the same way that those two young ladies did. Uh, I guess, but it's our young people uh, now that uh, need to show restraint and need to have the type of training and the type of uh, uh, reverse psychology because that's what what they use. They use what they call reverse uh, psychology on that particular situation. So we got to teach our young people how to use reverse psychology and don't try to go toe-to-toe in situations uh, like that. There's always a, a different way to resolve an issue, particularly when a person coming negative uh, with you. Um, you don't have to let them take you there. Like uh, Michelle Obama says, when they go high, you go low. And that's what triggered. Uh, some, some, most of the time, they know trigger points for black people. They know what yeah. your trigger points and 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 yeah. you don't let them uh push that button to your trigger points. You got to know what your trigger points are and how to uh react to those trigger points in a positive way and that draws confusion. So uh you know, it's a it's a way of getting around all of that, but we got to teach our young people how to do that, you know. Uh, yeah. uh I'm so proud of my young men because uh they have mastered it, you see. Uh, and and it's it's the type of occupation that they're in that they have to address that too. Like uh, when my son became a doctor, he had indicated that this woman looked at him and said that she didn't want no nigga to 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 uh, be her doctor. Would you believe now? She has him as her doctor. And she had to come and apologize. It's how people perceive you all along. And he's in a rural area, more or less. But then word got around just how good he is at what he does. So then, you know, it's a way to bring a person around. But we got to teach our young people how to have patience, uh, how to don't let those trigger points uh, trigger you, because you're going to get called some names. But names, that ain't nothing but words. You know, we got to teach them about some words don't mean anything. And if you know who you are, and if you feel good about you and your skin, you know how to maneuver and uh, always be in control of those type of situations. Is that Reverend We have to realize that most of the time when we behave in a violent way, they, they're going to overlook what they did to create the situation and just immediately go to punishing you for the violent behavior you display. So you can't allow yourself to go there because ultimately they're going to hold you accountable for what you did versus what uh, inspired you to go there. That is their norm, James. And 
we all basically understand, and that's what I, one of the things I really wanted to say before was that that is one of the greatest problems or one of the greatest things that our police officers do nowadays. They use those triggers when they walk up to a person. Very seldom anymore do I hear of an officer walking up to a black or African-American whatever, and and saying to them, ma'am, sir, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, and that's what we were taught. Like Regina said, we were taught to be uh, very cordial to people. Uh, And so regardless of what they said or what they did, we were taught still to be cordial. But nowadays, the the, the law enforcement officers, when they're confronting uh, African Americans, they are taught to be intimidating. They are taught to be intimidating, and when they, you Lord knows when, <laughs> when you do that to one of our young men, they are going to come back on you. Most of them, not all of them, because like uh, Cheryl and Regina and some others have said, they have taught their young sons, okay? They taught them. This is what they want you to do. So you maintain yourself. Maintain your norm. Don't let them take you to the level that they are trying to get you to so that they, whatever they do after that, like you said, James, whatever they do, if you go along with them and follow those that uh, rhetoric that they are taking you through, you are going to still be the bad boy. They did nothing wrong because this is how it's set up now. So stand back, yes, sir, whatever you want me to do. Keep your hands always up and out of, in, in plain sight. So that the camera, definitely the cameras can see this. You know, and and until we get to our younger boys and tell them, stop trying to fight something that you can't beat. That's the whole concept right there. You can't win. But you can win in court. You can win when they give you a settlement for what how you were treated as an individual. We have got to come to that conclusion in our lives that, hey, I, if you all want to give me money from the state's uh, coffer or whatever, or that idiot that you got out there on the street of wherever they are, then I'm going to sit back and allow them to be- belittle me because eventually I, I, you were high and I went low, but when it's all said and done, I will be high and you will be low. And that's what we've got to start doing. Thank you, Miss Regina and Cheryl, for those. Teach, continue to teach your sons those things. Continue to teach. And I try to do that with any young boy. There's a young boy that lives across the street from me now. He's, he's from the Dominican Republic. He wants to box. And there's several of them be over there. And I walked over there one day, and I began to talk to them young men. And now they want to go to church with me. They want to, Pastor, you, 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 you're all right. I said, no, we are all right. It's not about me. It's about us. 
and that's what we have to do. We got to stop ostracizing these young folks just because you, they were there playing loud music. I walked over there and said, look, I, I, I would appreciate it. Uh, I'm a pastor, and, and I'm your friend, and, and so forth and so on. But there's others out here that may not be as friendly as I am, and they're going to call the police on you. I, want, I don't want you to get in trouble because that's what everybody wants to looking for, okay? And so th- we've got to confront our young men with things and be nice to them. Don't walk up to them talking trash because they hear that every day all the time from the police. And that's, that's yeah, back in it, your it, hands. It is so important that we use the resources that we have and our intellect is the most powerful resource yes. that is available yes. to us when we find ourselves in no-win situations. You have to recognize yes. that uh, you are in a no-win situation and therefore act accordingly uh, so that you can uh, win in the end. And because so many, Reverend um, I tell you, when I spent my 10 years uh, talking to these young men, and uh, the police would say, you know, you go, you gonna beat, you gonna beat the charge, but you ain't gonna beat the ride. And it's sad uh-huh. that uh, some of these police officers are so ugly. Uh, they know that when they arrest these young men, that the, it may possibly get thrown out of court. But they're just pleased with inconveniencing them. And so we have to not fall into that trap, and make sure that people realize. Uh, that we're trying to just get from point A to point B, and we want to be right. left alone, uh, Cheryl. Right. We we just want to be left alone, and we want to be treated fairly. Well, you know that's one thing that um, we always we all want, you know, to be treated fairly. And you know, a lot of times, and just throughout this conversation, mm-hmm. listening to you know, everyone speak, we can really take control over the environment that we find ourselves in. Um, And if we ever find ourselves in a um, hostile environment, we can control that as well because, you know, we can defuse it. So, you know, like I say again, you know, we can't make, no one can make us act in a way that we don't have in us. Amen. You know, um, I I won't allow anybody to take that power from me, you know, to have me to go somewhere where I don't want to go when I walk away and, you know, and I'm finding myself saying, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have did that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give anybody that power. You know, I'm going to be who I'm going to be all the time and regardless of what the situation is. And, you know, um, I don't know if I've ever told the story, but um, I was called into the pastor's office when I was in Tennessee. This young lady um, was hooping and howling in, um, because I used her husband as an example and as a um very good example that I thought that I was sharing with someone, you know, something that he faced that many were not able to face it. 
and how it got back to her wasn't the same way that I had said it. Well, in the office, you know, she was just loud as loud could be. And with me, my voice stayed the same tone throughout the whole way, the time. You know, I said, if I offended you, I'm sorry. But I used your husband as an example that was a very good example that many could learn from. And, I mean, she was just on and on and on. And eventually she brought the volume of her voice down. Today she called me mama. Mm -hmm. And that's because I would not allow you to take me somewhere that I was not willing to go. Mm -hmm. You know, in front of you, in front of everybody else, and walk away saying, you know, I told you I did this and I did that. I did exactly and I represented exactly who I was. And that's all the time. You know, I don't have to raise my voice to get my point across. And Praise I'm not going to talk if you hollering at me either. So, <laughs> uh, um, James, if I could get the, um, the video sent to me, you know, once we um, finish, I would love to be able to see it. But, um, yeah, we all, I'm pretty sure we all have situations where we did not allow others to make us to be who they wanted us to be and not um, stand up for who we really um, are and show who we really are. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. Well, there are times this hour reporting that during a raid of Cohen's office, quote, the FBI
I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. the host of Thought, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruptions. It is time for us to make sure that our voices are heard and people understand clearly the direction we want our country to go in. Uh, Cheryl, what are your final thoughts for this evening? You know, again, I'll say this was a very, very good um, conversation, very good subject. Um, help us to see and help us to explain to others that um, we don't have to come out of character because others around us um, have done so. So with that being said, whatever we do, we can always do better. All right. Uh, Joyce, your final thought for this evening? What Cheryl had indicated is that we have to just start uh, learning how to uh, look at a situation, don't let a person take us where we don't want to go, 
We have to think smart, and we got to start using our cell phones for issues, and we got to just uh, be smart about how we address issues and stuff. So don't let our reaction uh, just overtake us. You know, there's a smart way to do that. Thank you. And Pastor Smith, uh, what, what are your final thoughts this evening in regards to how we have to convince our young people uh, that we don't need to result to violence all the time uh, to win our situation? We have to. We, good evening. I mean, not good. <laughs> I just like to thank the ladies. They, they, they got it. They got it down to the science, really. If we men got big mouths a lot of times, a lot of times we talk about the women, but we we men got some big mouths, especially nowadays that we thinking that we are all that in a bag of chips. Ladies, continue to be the sweet mothers that you are. Continue to be the sweet ladies that you are, and let God continue to guide and lead you in your life. We men must take control we are asking the ladies a lot of times to do our job, and our job is to handle the young boys a lot of times. But most of the time, we're always out there trying to be Mr. Whatever and, 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 and handling the young ladies. We need to let these young men know that we, there are there are a million and one ways to go through a situation without resulting to violence. There really is. And because I'm going to tell you, in our society today, you're not going to win. You may get away with it for one or two minutes or even a couple of days, but you will lose that battle. But if you use your confidence and you use uh, uh, what you have been brought up with, your norms should be uh, that violence is not the answer. If you do that, then we can win this. We can win this. But they know how to push our buttons. And so we've got to start telling our young men about those buttons and those tags that they got on us. That's it. Thank you, James. Yeah, it is so important that we recognize that we cannot allow our emotions and our anger uh, to, to take control of us uh, because they're going to always use that as the reason for uh, putting us, locking us up, or creating, uh, firing us, uh, whatever it is. Because they're not, they're going to dismiss their behavior and focus only on our behavior. I want to thank all of you for your continued support. I want to thank you for calling in. I want to thank those of you who are listening, and I want to encourage you to call in. Again, write the number down, 657-383-0309. We want to hear your voice on this show. We want to know what you're thinking as we deal with the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road mm-hmm. and teach 
Jesus 